Good morning and welcome to the Social Collectives Podcast. We are now on episode 32. And this is why I sit in this chair. <laughs> Leslie Racinos with Local SEO. She loves the buttons. I love them. <laughs> so today we have some special guests. We have Pam and Nan with Novec. And they have an arm of Novec, which is Novec Helps, right? So that's the part where you help raise money, doing golf tournaments, which we're going to talk about later. Anyway, I just wanted to introduce you guys to our community because I did not know about your energy co-op, which is super duper cool. And I loved hearing about the vision, your founder, who who envisioned energy access for rural Nova. So can you tell us a little bit about Novec, please? Sure. And this is Pam Rushan. Yes, I'm Pam. Um, I've been a employee of Novec for about 17 years now. Uh, before I was an IOU, which is an, an investor-owned utility out in Chicago. And one of the first things I learned when coming to Novec is that it's a Northern Virginia electric cooperative. And basically it means is that instead of having shareholders or stockholders, Novec is owned by the people that we serve. So those are the only people who benefit from us. And if we have any returns, instead of going to stockholders, it goes back to the customers. That's so amazing. Which is kind of cool. And then the other thing is that if you've been on the system for a while and then you leave, sometimes you're still getting residual checks from when they cash things out. So you've been off the system for a bit and you're still getting checks from us, Oh wow! which is kind of neat. But basically, electricity was being brought into the U.S. Uh, and being distributed from the early 1900s, and it was originally being done in the larger cities, Chicago, New York, D.C. kind of thing. And when the farmers were there, they were very rural. They're on not on the off the they're kind of off the beaten path, not on the larger major interstates uh, thoroughfares. So when the IOUs came in, they wanted to serve the people that were very clustered together because it was the more bang for their buck, the stuff they put in, they could make a profit off of it. Well, so the farmers were kind of left out. So they banded together, went to the government to say, hey, we, maybe we can get a loan and um, that way we can electrify. And at first it was just maybe a light bulb in a shed and then it went into milking machines and then it went into you know some of the other equipment that they use. And then at that point, the IOUs are like, well, maybe we should start picking them off. But the co-ops ended up manning together and creating the National Rural Electrification Cooperative Association. So that's amazing. That is so hard to do, like wow. to have that much, because, you know, energy is like a big powerhouse. Right. They have so many people lobbying for them. And to come together as a band of rural farm yes. landowners to create something so magnificent that's so beneficial to so many people that really probably changed their income as far as like how they could farm with the milking right. machines and electricity and things like that. Sure. It's amazing. Wow. I mean, that must have been so much work. It, it was, but the big thing about electricity, it's very capital intensive. So you need to put the poles in, you need to build the wires, you need to have your infrastructure in before you can even start using it and make those connections. So that's why people had to go to the government mm -hmm. for loans. So that's kind of how it, it started. And then when we started competing against the IOUs or the IOUs were trying to take over mm -hmm. the co-ops, now they're basically governed by the different states. There's 47 states that have electric co-ops in them. And they're a, uh, a monopoly. So the state says, here's your territory, here's your boundaries. And 
anyone who's in those boundaries, whether you're in the IOU or you're in a co-op, that's who gets to serve you. It's not like, hey, we've got a big customer mm-hmm. in the middle of the co-op. The IOU comes in and takes it. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. Okay. Well, thank God that we have the, what is it, antitrust? Yeah, well, it, but the state kind of governs where, yeah. where we are. But they they come in and said, hey, okay, here's here is your, your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wherever it lies, it lies. So you have part of your territory is near the academies, right? Yes. Okay. So would you want to talk about anything that's happening there potentially? Well, the data centers are coming in and they obviously started, the big ones started in Ashburn and they've just spread out from there. And that part of Ashburn is in uh, Dominion's territory. So it's mm-hmm. part of the IOU section. But they're spreading out close, a little bit closer to Leesburg, southeast of Leesburg, which happens to be Novak territory. Mm-hmm. So we are getting right. data centers, not as many as Dominion, but a lot. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot. And, yeah. We're, and we're having to um, keep up with their demands. Wow. So one of the things that I explained to my son this morning very badly, <laughs> Pam and I had lunch the other day at Silver Diner, and well, his breakfast turned into kind of a lunch. So Pam is a Notre Dame educated engineer, and so I wanted to tap her brain a little bit because I have a son, and this is off topic and coming back, but I have a son who's very into math and engineering and things like that, and she was trying to explain to me how the power runs right? So you see the giant towers. And what is it? Was it like 130,000 megavolts? Was it megavolts? It's volt. Well, 115,000 volts. Okay. (laughs) And so then you take that and it kind of comes down into the poles, right? Into the smaller poles. Right. The poles you you see them all over the place. And then it has the three wires up top and the three wires below. Right. Well, that was a double circuited pole, but yes. Right. And so then we transfer the energy down through the pole underground into the transformers. Right. That then siphon the electricity into the different structures, one being a data center, one being a home, a resident. Sure. A residence. And so what is it, like 248? 240 volts is for a home. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to explain to Dane the imaginary energy. Yes. Right? Yeah. So between the triangle. Right. Anyway, she explained all this to to me yesterday at lunch, and I was so so proud of myself this morning when I drew it for my son at breakfast, and he was like, okay, that was actually interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I said, okay. I was like, well, I think I remembered it poorly, but basically. Anyway. Was that like she nailed it? She did. (laughs) (laughs) But that was so cool. And I was so excited to have you guys here today because, you know, these are basic one-on-one things that I don't think people really even think about. And as far as like what you were talking about with the data centers, they draw so much energy. Do you know how much energy like a full-sized data center would require? Uh, Some of the smaller buildings are like 20 megawatts, and some of the larger ones are 50 to 60. So um, do you remember when they put in Panda Power up in – that's that uh, generating plant up in Leesburg? No. They installed it maybe like six, seven years ago, and that – I think is 40 megawatts. So that generating station wouldn't even serve one building possibly. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So the generating stations, so that's like the giant transformer. A a generating station, yeah. Well, that's that's either nuclear or um, fossil fuel, basically spinning a turbine to 
create the electricity. And that's right here in our... Uh, that, there is one there. Most of the other ones, like we're served off a Dominion system. So it's um, like, like where Lake Anna is, there's a nuclear mm-hmm. power plant there. And that's a lot of our base load is coming out of there. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. So I would like at some point to sit down for coffee or drinks with you. And we're going to do a drawing of the map of your territory, the Novec territory. That'd be awesome. And and how it all works. I feel like this is going to happen. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about what's going to happen with Novec when these data centers do come to your territory. Uh, we build, build, build. We have to build substations to take the higher voltage down to a lower voltage so it can be used by the data centers. And uh, they require a bit. They're they're using up a lot of land for their buildings, and then right. we require a little bit of land for our substations. Right. And then we need some kind of extension from Dominion from their transmission system to get it over to our buildings. Yeah. So you guys are kind of partners a little bit. Yes. Okay. Yes. So do you, you definitely foresee a lot more data centers coming in yes. to the area? Yes, we do. I'm like, gotta where? go somewhere. I actually don't mind. <laughs> I'm like, where? I know I'm on the minority here, but I, I don't mind. I feel like we are in the time frame where we have to have more connectivity. This is just the trajectory that we're on in, in life. And I feel like it has to go somewhere. I don't mind it being here. I like our tax base. I like that we're in a bubble. Living in the bubble is not bad. And so I'm not against it being, if it's going to be somewhere, I don't mind it being here. Well, my big thing is having lived here for like 25 years now, that uh, the space that data centers take up, you could probably put a couple of thousand homes right. in what they do. And then yeah. they, they, you need more schools, more roads, more this, more that. Right. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, I think it's a nice balance because we do have a lot of people That's and a, a lot good of roads. Way to look at it. There you go. That was perfect. I live in Ashburn. So, I'm like, every turn you make, oh, look, data center, data center. I actually center. thought they did a good job, <laughs> as good as they could with the architecture. So I know that it's a giant behemoth and it looks like they're building Noah's Ark when they start putting it together. (laughs) But I'm like, they did a good enough job to blend it into the scenery. It's not- Some are beautiful with the lights outside. Right. Right in front of my gym, there's one that, so that's how I know to turn because it's so dark on the, I was like, oh, there's a data center with the, the big, Blue lights yes. going down. And- well, and even it's a little inspiring. So my son, the 12-year-old, he likes to write, and he was trying to come up with a name for one of his characters, and I was like, what about Cyrus One? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's a really cool name. But Cyrus, isn't that a data center? That's a data oh, there center. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, um, can I... Can I ask you a little bit more? I know I'm going all over the place, but can I ask you something again? We talked about, was it Equinox? Equinox, yeah. Equinox. Can you tell us the history of that? That's pretty cool. Well, I don't know everything. Which is a data center. Equinox is one of the original data centers in Ashburn, and it was built because AOL was right there, and they were trying to build their connectivity, and everybody got sent those little CDs that everybody used for coasters that, you know, trying to get online, and they needed a place for the traffic to go. So Equinix kind of started it. But the thing about Equinix is that they were carrier neutral. So they would take AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, whomever had fiber, they were neutral. So you could send it wherever. And I believe that's how most of the data centers ended up coming into this area because as expensive as the electric power lines are, fiber is more expensive per mile. So they're going to where the fiber is. Mm -hmm. And that's where the fiber was. Pretty powerful player in the game. Yeah. 
So it was AOL's there, and then I know Verizon. I believe that's yes. a headquarters right there too. Ye- right? It, yeah, it was like UUNet in the past, and now it's Verizon. Yeah. Awesome. Interesting. So I'm learning so much. I know. Oh, my God. That's why I was so – I immediately was like, you have to come onto the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad you did. Okay. So I know you brought talking points, but let's introduce Nan real quick. So hello, Nan. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do with Novec? Sure. Yes. I'm the Corporate Quality and Training Coordinator, which is quite a mouthful. Wow. And uh, I do all kinds of different training, customer service, some compliance training, a uh, little bit of everything. CPR, first aid. Oh my gosh, I feel so That's safe. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, as far as CPR goes, this is off topic as well. Yes. <laughs> um, but when I was training for CPR, when I was in the Marine Corps, like everybody had to go through that, the reserves. We had, at the time, there were, you know, because there were a whole bunch of different, uh, I think AIDS was, this was in the 90s, you know, they had those mouth guards, those mouth... Yes, the face shields. The face shields. Yes. Okay, that's when they started coming out with those, I think. Yes. Um, Do you have a face shield right there with you? We both do. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Yes. (laughs) Okay, okay, so Pam just pulled out a face shield. (laughs) (laughs) It was on her keychain. Yes. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. All right, because I was going to say, I definitely would want one. Where do you get those? Amazon. You can get a whole pack for eleven dollars. Think you can get ten of them. That's oh, look amazing. At that. yeah. So show me how it works. Okay. So she's unwrapping. A, it looks I like a it's a plastic, one-way shield. So it just puts a it on there. Plastic yep. mask, and then you put it over the mouth. And over you can the mouth of the in. person it, that you're trying right. to. But it's a one. It's a one-way valve, so it only goes in and doesn't come back okay. out into you. So. Okay. Because I've heard of people vomiting into when they start to come back, they'll vomit into your mouth, and then you obviously have to worry about diseases. Wow. Right. But you've um, done your job. Thank you. There I'm you so go. glad I mentioned it. And it's so odd that you had that. So <laughs> look at that. Well, we just look went through training like, yes. these past couple of months. I love yes. Novak. I love that you guys are totally prepared. Very prepared. <laughs> We're ready. So let me ask you something, Nan. When you guys are building, do you guys have to go through and claim land or anything like that in order to get these towers up? I'm going to toss that to Pam. That's okay. not really my yes. bailiwick, so you go. Um, most of the time, we require the customer to uh, get it to us, or if Dominion has to extend their line, they may have to go. Mm-hmm. But for the distribution lines, generally, we try to use what's there, or um, if we're building out to a customer, we require them to get us what we need. Yeah. Okay, because I was just going to say that those towers, they're pretty big. Yep. I like seeing them because I feel connected. And I actually, you know, one of the things, because I mentioned earlier, my brother is a litigator for Dominion. So he actually goes through and does the town hall meetings and is often, you know, treated poorly because he's the representative and he proudly (laughs) wears his Dominion hat. Um, (laughs) But... Some of the pushback that people have is obviously, you know, this is a hundred year old farm or, you know, whatever. And we want to keep in the family. And that's very true. And I feel that. But at the same time, we also want to have access to really high quality hospitals and we want to have schools to meet the demand of the growing population. So, you know, this is something that we have to find a balance for. But I appreciate the fact that we have people like Novak and Dominion who are out there working hard to bring it to us. So, and I love our partnerships. I love the partnerships that you guys have with the data centers, with Dominion, with the co-op. It's really, I like to see that working. You don't often see that. 
Well, but that's part of the co-op. The values is working with community, and that's why we established our 501c3. Novec is a not-for-profit company, mm-hmm. but our Novec Helps is our nonprofit arm. And our sole mission is to give back to the community. So you have on your Novec Helps shirt right now. I do. And I love the logo. I think I asked you who did that logo because it's two people coming together holding hands, and it kind of looks like the, a heart. Yes. yes. Um, I believe that was one of our uh, PR people, our graph, one of the so graphic too. designers uh, yeah. that originally started that I love uh, it. back when we started about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's bringing people together. It's connectivity, I and I love that, that for the electrical side of it. But so right here I have in front of me is your charity golf tournament that you're going to be hosting. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about that, ladies? Yes, Pam really heads that up. She does an awesome job with that. So we have a group of platinum sponsors that are our core sponsors. They donate a lot of money. They help us be successful in generating the income that we want. The money that we generate from the golf tournament really goes a long way to supporting other nonprofit organizations. That's really what Novec Helps does. We meet monthly with a group of people. We're a very small group of 11 members right now. And we vote on the request that we receive for who needs help. A lot of times that's financial help, but sometimes it's also uh, a group needing volunteers to do something, put backpacks together or a variety of things that it could be. So the money from that golf tournament really sustains us for the whole year. I love that. Okay, so you guys have the 501c3, Mm -hmm. Novec Helps, Mm -hmm. and you do these fundraisers. And is the golf tournament kind of your biggest fundraiser? It is. Okay, and then you take the money from that, and then you guys meet, and you interview, and you decide, like, how you're going to distribute the money to help different people in different ways. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So as far as helping people, I think one of the things that you touched on, Nan, was it's not always financial. Right. It's a lot of awareness Mm -hmm. because when you spread awareness, Mm -hmm. you're bringing other people into the ability to put backpacks together. Maybe they have a skill to offer. They have time to offer. They have finances to offer. But there's so many different ways to give back. Yes. And one of the other big things that our company does is that we have a day of caring, which allows our employees to donate like half a day and be on site and do work. And we have a lot of Mm -hmm. um, people that are very skilled that uh, we've done um, stuff for uh, Serve Our Willing Warriors, mm-hmm. a warrior retreat. We've done mm-hmm. equine therapy where we've cleaned out stalls and oh, wow. cleaned equipment. and yes. Food pantries. Food pantries. Yeah. We've st- stocked, uh, rearranged, moved stuff, cataloged. Mm-hmm. It's so important. That's I mean, awesome. it cannot be dismissed. It, it just cannot be undervalued. The amount of impact that you have by just showing up and supporting these people who are out there working so hard with their passion to raise money for their different charities. People don't do that lightly. It's because they're being called to do it, Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting. And so when anybody shows up to like their post, share their post, walk in the door and help put backpacks together, muck a stall, whatever it may be, it is encouraging and, and everybody needs that. It's not just money that these charities need. They need to be encouraged because it's exhausting. So thank you for doing that. And how can people get involved with your golf tournament? Well, you can go to our website at www.novechelps.org. Mm-hmm. And we have our different sponsorship levels on there. And if you don't play golf, we 
still accept your money, and uh, we, we will put out <laughs> really a, a, yes. uh, whole sponsors or um, and it's all it's, it's inexpensive awesome. to get involved. It's like what one hundred and sixty bucks, one hundred and sixty dollars yeah. for an individual, and then you know you get a nice day of golf. Um, right. You get to mix and mingle with some different people. We're out at Bull Run Golf Course down in Haymarket. And it's, I guess, uh, nine out of 10 years, it's been really, really good weather. Yes. Last year awesome. was looking rough, but uh, it, wasn't it was it last beautiful. Year? Yes. It turned but, out to be a beautiful day. But our fifth one was a downpour. It was that awful. That was my next question. <laughs> I always fear hosting things outside. Outside, yes. yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Even birthday parties. Yes. Because yes. I'm like, it's going to snow me. today. Yeah. yeah. So you've been very lucky so far. Yeah. We've done really, really well. So I really can't complain. Yeah. So that was my question. How long have you been doing the golf tournament? So nine to 10 years? Yeah. I, I think we've done 10, 10 yeah. years. No, this, this is 11. Our, this is our 11th. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So, so you, you guys have are some... professionals. <laughs> well, she is. And, and actually, I think it's May 18th. It's May 18th, okay. Thursday, May 18th. Yes. So I think I I think, and I have to double check, but I think I'm gonna be at the the Jill Biden right. luncheon yes. with Debbie Alexander with Specially Adapted Resource Club that we're doing a charity event for. She had three seats besides her own, mm-hmm. and she's bringing her best friend, and then she invited me and my plus one. So I was very honored to be included in that, but I think it's May 18th. Yeah. So if it's not, then I will definitely be participating in your event. Yay. Um, and if nothing else, I will definitely spread awareness and share and help you in that way. Okay. And then I do see here that cutoff date is on April 30th. So well, that's we more sh- to get signage out okay. there. Signage. Perfect. Yeah, so our cutoff date for the Bubbles and Bling is 17th. The 17th. April tax 17th. Day. Is it tax day? Uh, is tax day 15th or 17th? It's the 15th, know. but because oh. I think the 15th is a Saturday or a Sunday, so it might be later than that. Yeah, I think it's the 18th this year, which is odd because yeah, it's a right. Tuesday. It makes like, no sense. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, you have some talking points. Oh, well, uh, it's just more of the fact that of, of who we've um, helped out in the past, who we're looking to help out. And the only stipulation that we have is that we have to donate to 501c3s because that's how mm-hmm. we were chartered. And that's mm-hmm. how we retain our, our tax status. So we can't donate to individuals. We really can't do schools, but we can do school PTAs. Because oh. school PTAs mm-hmm. are 501c3s, but I believe the schools themselves are 501c4. Really? Okay. Yeah. What is a 501c4? I have really learned a lot today. I have. <laughs> I did not know the PTA was completely different. Look at that. Yep. Different organization. Um, huh. It's just the the tax status. So the 501c3 is a nonprofit, and a 501c4 might be a not for profit or a government entity. I'm not oh, exactly sure what it is, be. but I know a, generally the schools yeah, are not. Out, we cannot give to schools directly, but if they have like a some kind of 501c3 setup, especially like mm-hmm. a PTA or a PTSO or something well, like that. That makes sense because the yeah. 501c4s probably have so much funding and that they're designated funds to go to certain spots and places and right. the gaps are filled by the 501c3s. Correct. Like, there you go. Yeah. And that's where you can kind of figure out where it needs to go and put it there. Right. Do so wow. you have any other talking points, Pam? Um, no, I'm going to defer to Nan on this one okay. because she just gave a, 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 an overview of our last year to our leadership team, and I thought that might be interesting. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. hear the overview. All right. So the overview was last year's golf outing had 29 sponsors. We had five of those, which were the platinum sponsors. That's awesome. Also last year, let's see, just to name a few, we donated to the Art Factory, Shelter House, other food pantries, and other shelters. 
and over $26,000 was donated. Wow. Yes, to 32 nonprofit organizations. Wow. So I thought that oh my was gosh. interesting. You guys yeah. did so much. That was last year? That was last year. Wow, that's yes. a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and that was a little on the lower end for us. Normally, right. I think in the past we've done over we've donated over 40,000 per year, which is kind of a norm. Wow. But of course, COVID has changed things a lot. People are hosting less events and um and I think that's really curtailed a lot. So, hopefully it's picking up this year and we'll get more requests. We do have on our website a button specifically for requests. And Mm -hmm. so people can reach out to us that way. And that's what we come together and meet on every month to vote on, you know, can we help these people? How much can we donate to these Mm -hmm. people? But we're constantly looking for new organizations to help and we welcome those requests. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Okay. So they can go onto your website Mm -hmm. and there's a button. And if you're a 501c3, Mm -hmm. then you can click that, you can apply right, and you guys weekly review that. Monthly. Monthly, Monthly, sorry. Yes, Yes, Yes. that's a lot weekly. Mm -hmm. Monthly review that. I mean, that's amazing. So even if you have the need of, you know, hands on deck, you want somebody to come out and help clear up the landscaping, I mean, anything. So we hope that all you 501c3s out there will check out the Novec website and click the button. Yep. Yes, definitely. So I guess we can go over to events. Yes. What do we have? Do we have any events? I know right now we have our Fauquier County Social Collective Coffee happening, but that will have been a week behind by the time this is aired. This is aired. And then we have our Loudoun County Social Collective Coffee coming up at the Artistic Fuel Space above Ridgetop Coffee. Yes. And that is when? That is April 27th. That is April 24th, which is the last Monday of the month. So we're kind of keeping that for consistency, except for May because of Memorial Day, the holiday. But wasn't that so much fun? The coffee. Oh my I gosh. Love oh my gosh. The space. You guys have to come to it's our incredible. our new home. You really have to come. Mm-hmm. Um, we the Jack O'Donnell who owns Artistic Fuel, which is a platform for artists and creatives all over the globe. And it's a place for them to come together and really support each other. So anyway, he's also a I think a global real estate investor. And he owns a few buildings around the globe, maybe. Anyway, he gave us a space to meet permanently above Richtop Coffee. So gorgeous. It's space. beautiful. And it's been nice because what we've been doing is kind of like being gypsies and going from here to there <laughs> and here to there, which I actually love. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do that every now and then go on field trips. But it's nice to have a space where we know we can go every month and meet and do networking. And we always have a charity come and speak at one of our events. Yep. So you guys are always welcome to come and talk about Novec Helps. Thank you. Um, nice. And I think this month, Candice Duggar, who runs our Kids Collective, is actually going to be speaking about what we have coming up for the summer for the kids. Awesome. And we do... Throughout the summer, what we do is we bring the kids in so they can network amongst themselves, learn how to be entrepreneurs. Candace teaches them ROI. She teaches them, you know, QuickBooks. She teaches them marketing, printing, what matters, what doesn't matter, how to do all of these things. It's amazing. Some of her students are, um, and this is a free service, are six-figure income. Yeah. 10 year olds. So it's amazing. Yeah. Tucker, Tucker I mean, Finley. He, 
But he employs his dad. He employs his dad. His dad actually is his employee. I love it. Um, I think I need to talk to these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's quite amazing, actually. And so what we do is we have our children so they can see what mom and dad do. Like, we're not just off goofing off. We aren't saying we're on the phone because we'd rather be on the phone than spending time with you, mm-hmm. which obviously is more important. But... <laughs> We're doing charity work. We're working in the community. We're creating something, right? Exactly. We're creating businesses that serve our community and and how it all works financially, you know, how it goes back to the tax base and how that helps their schools and all of that kind of stuff. So our kids get to develop their businesses alongside of us. And that's going to be super awesome. And Candace is going to talk about that. That's that's awesome. But wow. this, you guys definitely should come out April 24th. It's a beautiful, nice. beautiful space. We love it. It was a packed house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. People were crying because <laughs> Debbie Alexander, right. who is our contact with Spark, who is just so passionate, her husband was a senator for like 27 or 37 yeah. years, long time. And now they just um, lobby on the Hill for American with disabilities and, and things like that. But at one of the 37 presidential wives lunches that she's been to, she got a coin and she was charged with handing this over to a veteran. So Pat Cassidy, who was a Vietnam veteran Marine Corps fighter pilot, he's in our group and he was there and Debbie, he, Pat never knows what we're doing next, but <laughs> she called Pat to come up and to receive this coin and she presented it to him with a beautiful speech and everybody stood up and applauded and people were crying. And, and then at the same time, we were, we had one of our young entrepreneurs there who's has Bentley's birdhouses and he creates birdhouses out of birdseed. And he was there because it was his birthday. So he was there and he was selling his mid $500 that day and it was his birthday. So we brought out the cake and we all sang happy birthday. And it was just such a beautiful, powerful, amazing meeting. It's a it great really way was. to launch it. It was wow. a beautiful way to launch it. I, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So we have ten round tables there. We we can sit a hundred, but I think more likely we'll try to keep it to seventy to eighty. Yeah. But it's you guys should come. But if you yeah. can't make it out that yeah. week, the week prior on April nineteenth, Fairfax is having their collective coffee at PJ Skidoo's at the lower levels. And so I love really that neat. space. And that's a great space too. Yeah. So we've got we've got really lucky. We did. Well, we weren't like we're blessed, girl. We're just blessed. Yeah, we're not lucky. We're blessed. There you go. I'm gonna do the cliche 1980s hashtag blessed. Um, anyway, so then we have the Oakton United Methodist Church in Vienna or Oakton, I guess. Is it Vienna or Oakton? Yeah, Oakton. Um, anyway, they also host our Tyson's Vienna Coffee, and we have so we have some permanent homes now. Wow, and it's pretty awesome. So other than that, do we have any other events? No, just our Bubbles and Bling. It's almost here. I know. So then we have the Bubbles and Bling. It is this is our here. very first gala. And I feel like we did the gala because of Leslie. Really? So, yeah. So <laughs> Leslie's fancy. I just an excuse to dress up. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie likes to wear <laughs> fancy clothes and I don't. But... Um, but she was like, we have to do something where we can dress up because we're always mm-hmm. like, so I said, oh, I don't wear heels, but okay. So we're going to do the gala so Leslie can dress up. And we have some people coming in tuxedos, wow. some people coming pretty fancy. 
I will be wearing my uniform of black pants and a black jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad uniform to have. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and she looks great. She looks amazing with her pearls. Yeah. And her makeup. A lot of it's... a lot of makeup. So, <laughs> but that is to benefit specially adapted resource clubs. And we are super duper duper excited to partner with them on this because the work that they do is for the profoundly disabled. You have to have a special you might need a wheelchair or some special resource to get around. But the woman who founded it, her daughter is paraplegic, blind and deaf. And she's the one that realized there was a a real issue. I mean, obviously we don't really know these things. We're so busy in our lives that we don't deal with these things unless they happen to be something we have to deal with. Exactly. And so what she did was she founded Specially Adapted Resource Clubs so that when her daughter graduated from high school, she didn't go straight to the couch or to the television and be warehoused, basically, with what Medicaid offers, which is one person per four profoundly disabled people. And there's just no training for this, really. I'm sorry to say. It's underfunded, understaffed and overwhelmed. And so what they've done is they've come together to create these clubs where they come every day, five days a week, to socialize and have fun with through different types of therapy based on their different disabilities, each other. So they have proms and they have dances and they have crafts and they do music therapy and they do touch therapy and they have lunch together and they, they've they made friends with each other and it's social. Exactly. And learning and inclusive and you get treated as an equal, which is cognitively they're trapped in these bodies, some of them. We call them sparkles. Some of the sparkles mm-hmm. are trapped and I can't even imagine what kind of a hell that would be. So anyway, we're super excited to partner with Debbie and the amazing mission that she's got. Um, And that's what we're doing with the Bubbles and Bling. And I think we've raised $34,000, $35,000. But this Bling thing is killing me with the (laughs) budget. (laughs) I know. We, we, We like to make sure that we can get the most possible to... The charity and but yeah, yeah. We want to have a, the budget is a little out of hand this year, <laughs> right? Because because it's the gala, yeah. and so we want to have a fundraiser, not a fundraiser. Um, there you and go. So anyway, we're so thankful for all of our sponsors, and we're so thankful for everybody that has showed up in whatever capacity to support Spark and to go out and visit their different locations. Right now, they're advocating and lobbying to get two locations added in Alexandria and one location here in Loudoun County. So they are spreading, and Debbie's doing a ton of work in D.C., on the Hill, working with our different senators and trying to get more funding for what we need for our very marginalized population. So I think that's it for us today, ladies. I would like to thank you so much for being here today with us. Thank you for having us. Really, really, really appreciate your time. We know you're super busy connecting people. And uh, we were cliche, cliche. (laughs) And thank you for teaching me so much this morning. (laughs) I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast next week is going to be like, no way. It, it, I mean, you blew my it's mind. It's an energy co-op <laughs> that was founded by landowners that didn't have access 
which is so insanely cool. Well, I'm, I'll tell you this right now. I can't wait to go home and tell my son because he's kind of like Dane where yes. he gets very yep. interested. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain it like Lisa I'm, did. I promise you so I didn't call do a good you. job. <laughs> I'll call you. You need a crayon. I need a crayon. Okay. I got, oh, I got that. <laughs> so, ladies, is there anything you'd like to leave us with as far as our listeners? We just want to say thank you for giving us this opportunity. And there's a lot of great causes out there. So please give your time, your talent, your treasure to whatever speaks to you the most because everybody needs a little goodwill out there. Yeah. And let's all, and I would say one of the things that we could take from you two ladies today is how to collaborate. You know, collaboration, it's what we're all about. Like, we need to come together. We're connected. In my mind, we're all connected universally. And I feel like, you know, we're all trying to be connected in some way. There's no reason for so much division. And when we come together, we can just do so much more. So thank you guys for that inspiration. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all too. So go out. Mm-hmm.